What is up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Surfing the Stream, where every week we are on a quest to find out what is the greatest movie of all time. I am Matt Primo, and here at Surfing the Stream, every week we review at least two movies. that branches out from newly released movies to old movies to genre series reviews to just franchises in review. So we have done Batman, Terminator, Die Hard, you know, Predator, etc., We've reviewed all of those movies. You can check all those reviews out. We've also done genre series. We have done horror, 90s action, kung fu. So we have reviewed all those movies and dropped top 10 episodes on all three of those genres. And then coming up in July, we have, we're going to start reviewing war movies throughout the entire month of July. And at the end of July, we will drop a top 10 episode of the best war movies of all time. Do you like what we're doing here at Surfing the Stream? Or, hey, do you want some input on what we review each and every week? Or what we do on our two-game podcast, our gaming, anime, comics, nerdy podcast? Then go to patreon.com slash two-game. That is the number two. We have a $5, $10, and a $20 tier that you can support us at. And you get access to our group text. You get uncut, unrated content. You get everything uh, way before everybody else does. And you get to pick what we talk about each and every week. When I say pick, I mean vote. But that's eh, neither here nor there. But that's patreon.com slash two game, the number two. And shout out to our $20 tier supporters, Carmen Edmonds, Eric Hernandez, and Sharon Petrie. We appreciate y'all supporting us each and every month. Uh, without y'all, we would not be able to do this every week. On today's episode, we're going to be reviewing Jurassic World. Now, normally I try to keep the series reviews all together, and I know over the last few weeks we've been doing one-off reviews, mainly because there have been newly released movies coming out, so I wouldn't have been doing those. And then also because this gives me an opportunity to to branch out into different like series, genres, different movies that I don't necessarily watch on a regular basis, or movies that don't really fit into a series. Now, I, get, I, I know what you're thinking. Hey, Jurassic World is part of a series, so why are you, or part of a franchise, so why are you reviewing that when you say you're doing one-offs? Well, I wasn't planning on doing this originally. I I was talking to my, my children, and I was telling them, hey, did y'all know that I was a, an extra in this movie, the Jurassic Park movie? And my sons are huge into dinosaurs. So they were like, nah, and then they, they didn't believe me. So I showed them a picture of me in the movie, and they were like, well, we got to watch it. So we watched it, and then afterwards I was like, you know what? I've already watched it. It's Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom is next. It's a small two-movie series. Let me just go ahead and knock that out. So that's what we're doing this week. We're going to be reviewing Jurassic World, and then next week we're going to be reviewing Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom. But as with all of our reviews... This is going to be spoilers ahead. Uh, normally, if we do a non-spoiler review of a newly released movie, like we did Mortal Kombat, there was a non-spoiler review. So I basically did everything non-spoilers, and then we did a separate episode with spoilers. Now you're thinking to yourself, well, where's that spoiler review at? The spoiler review is coming. We actually just released it with the two-game podcast. Uh, that will be coming out next week. So you actually be able to check it out on the Two Game Podcast, plus this huge crossover event. Eh, it's neither here nor there. But that will be on the channel uh, sooner rather than later. 
But I'm going to start this review off with my non-spoiler thoughts, and then we'll jump into the spoilery discussion. But let's jump into Jurassic World. Jurassic World is about a new theme park built on the original site of Jurassic Park. It creates a genetically modified hybrid dinosaur, the Indominus Rex, which escapes containment and goes on a killing spree. This movie was directed by Colin Trevorrow, who directed Safety Not Guaranteed and The Book of Henry. Apparently, Safety Safety Not Guaranteed is actually pretty decent, but from what I've heard, The Book of Henry is pretty terrible. I know he was originally attached to direct the, the final Star Wars movie, but I'm guessing after the uh, the Book of Henry or whatever, they pulled him off of that and he got fired. And he's no longer he was no longer directing that movie. And then hence, J.J. Abrams came in and finished the series off. Whether you like it or not, J.J. Abrams is probably a better fit for that movie than, than Colin was. This movie stars Chris Pratt, Bryce Dallas Howard, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio, Ty Simpkins, Nick Robinson... And a slew of other like minor, minor characters. This movie had a budget of $150 million. It grossed worldwide one point, we'll go with $7 billion. That's absolutely incredible. It was released on June 12th, 2015, and it has a runtime of two hours and four minutes. Jumping into the fun facts, New Orleans has the abandoned Six Flags theme park, and that's basically where a majority of the movie was shot. They shot it for two and a half weeks. They made a 300-foot by 200-foot main street and boardwalk in the amusement park's abandoned parking lot. For the Season 2 Parks and Recreation DVD, Chris Pratt made a behind-the-scenes video. In the video, he reads a fake text from Steven Spielberg about being cast in Jurassic Park 4. Pratt was cast as the lead in the fourth Jurassic Park movie uh, after that after that little uh, scene. This is the first movie in the franchise that does not have a scene that takes place during a torrential downpour. Jurassic Park 93, the T-Rex escape scene, Lost World 97, the trailer cliff scene, and then Jurassic Park 3, the riverboat scene. The movie grossed $208.8 million in its North American opening weekend, setting a new record. Jurassic Park and The Lost World also set opening weekend records when they were released, making this the third movie of the franchise to do so. The only franchise to set the domestic opening weekend record more times is the Batman film franchise with four weekend records in 89, 92, 95, and 2008. But that's enough of the fun facts. Let's jump into my, let's do non-spoiler thoughts on the movie uh, initially, and then we'll jump into the spoiler. I'll let you know when we get into the spoiler section. So, for those of you that don't know, I say it a lot because I brag about it. I was an extra for for this movie. So I saw a lot of the, the park scenes, you know, the downtown scenes. I was up in the, in one of the buildings. Uh, if you slow it down a little bit, you'll see a girl with a huge, huge hat. I am right next to her in blue. You won't be able to see my face, but I'm there. I swear. So basically, uh, I'm a paramedic at my full-time job. I had I had just worked a a standby where we we worked the filming of a TV commercial for the Deuce of Hazard. And 
it was during then that I was like, you know what? I kind of want to do some stuff in in movies and in filming, and I would love to do it with a paramedic, but otherwise, I just kind of just want to be in movies to begin with. And it just so happened this movie was getting filmed, and it was going by the working title of Ebb Tide, and they needed a whole bunch of extras. So they had released something on the news, little news networks on Facebook, and they're like, hey, seeking extras. So I called them up, emailed them, sent my picture in and whatnot, and I was selected. And I was able to go. It was at the old Jazzland in New Orleans. It was the old Six Flags in New Orleans East. Basically, the entire park got abandoned after Hurricane Katrina. It's still there, and it still looks like crap. Uh, basically, over the last several years, we we were hoping that someone would like buy it, some investors would buy it, and then re- restore it to, to Jazzland. But that has not been the case. But anyways, so... They they put out the thing for the extras. I went. You had to dress up super nice. So I bought some khakis. Uh, I bought some new. I bought a new shirt, and it was supposed to be this high end theme park attire. And every day that I was on set, I actually I think I want to say that I was there for for three days maybe or two days at least two days maybe three days. And every day that I was there. It was it was like the hottest days of the summer, it felt like, and my feet were killing me, and it was just, it was so, so overwhelming, the experience, and it was so hot, and I gotta be honest, the entire experience was, was pretty miserable, if we're being completely honest. I wouldn't say that I enjoyed all three days, in fact, you know, honestly, I think I went three days. I think I signed up for three days, and then I only went two days because it was it was that miserable. I I wanted the experience, and while it was it opened my eyes up to that industry and being an extra and whatnot, I it was it was just it was so miserable. the The next day, I changed my shoes. I got I was like, you know what, screw these guys. I'm gonna wear something that's gonna be comfortable because I was wearing these. Fancy shoes that were giving me blisters, and I was like, you know what, just just forget them. I'm gonna wear what I want to wear, and that's what I ended up doing. I just kind of chillaxed the next day, and then I was like, you know what, uh, this just isn't for me. I got I got the experience that I wanted, and I'm good. I'm tired of being miserable at this place. I'm telling you, it was hot as hell during those two days. It was it was like the hottest because there's no shade whatsoever there, and it it was it was just miserable. It really was. But I did see a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff, so when I'm watching this movie, it's hard to separate my experience from from what I was seeing to what was on the big screen when I saw it for the first time. I remember me and my wife, we went out, it, we called it our, our red carpet premiere, but we went to like Outback, and then we went to the, to the movie tavern or wherever, and we saw the movie. It was, it was a lot of fun that night. But just seeing... What goes on behind the scenes, how they actually make this movie, is probably going to be the greatest enjoyment of this movie for me uh, when it's all said and done. Yeah, my experience was was pretty crappy and it was miserable the whole time, but it was it was still awesome to see them how they perform all the explosions and you know the uh, the little dive shot with the helicopter through the streets. It, it was just it was incredible. And then the pterodon scene was fantastic because, you know, we all had to pretend that there were pterodons attacking us. And then seeing Chris Pratt being attacked by a pterodon, that it was just, it was fantastic. That really was. That was, 
the the best part of this movie was that experience of seeing behind the scenes for me. But jumping into this movie, I gotta say, when I initially watched this movie the first time, I absolutely loved it. I could not be swayed one way or another about this movie. I thought it was pretty close to the original. And over the years, I will say I have weaned on it a little bit. It's still a good movie, but it's... When I say good movie, I mean it's an entertaining movie. Really, this is a shoddy film. The movie looks good, it looks great, but I'm just saying, it. There, there's terrible acting, there's terrible writing, the plot is, well, the plot is, is not that bad. The character development is pretty terrible, but at the end of the day, it's entertaining as hell, and that's the thing that keeps me coming back to this movie. But yeah, that's the thing that's kind of weaned on me over the years is my enjoyment of this movie. I think it might be below Jurassic Park, uh, Lost World Jurassic Park. I, I think it might be below that one, in my opinion, because that was still a highly enjoyable movie for me back in the day. Granted, I haven't seen it in a very, very long time. But, yeah, this movie's just not as good as you remember it to be, but it's still entertaining at the end of the day. Now, from this point forward, I will be mentioning spoilers, so just be warned, if you have not seen Jurassic World, go watch it and then come back. Or continue with what I'm about to say and decide whether you want to watch it or not. This is your last warning. So, throughout the course of this movie, I... I roll my eyes a lot. This is one of the dumbest movies that I've ever seen. And it goes back to the writing, the dialogue, the acting, the characters. It's just there's so much bad stuff in this movie. But like I said a few minutes ago, it's so entertaining. The the dinosaurs look awesome. Now, I thought there was a lot more animatronics in this movie than than there were. But apparently, a lot of it was CGI. I thought they were using animatronics when we were at the uh, for the filming. I know they were using the heads for the pterodons. They were using that as animatronics. And then I want to say the raptors were also animatronic, the heads, when they were in the cages. But apparently, everything else was CGI. Now, the CGI, several years later in 2021, it looks pretty good. You can tell... It's not as good as it is it like it used to be. It doesn't hold up as well, but it doesn't take you out of the movie, to be honest with you. And the only thing that takes me out of the movie are the characters, the writing, and the acting. I really I I was interested in Trevorrow's direction when we first saw this movie. And then he got put on uh Star Wars the final movie, episode nine. I was like, oh, I'm kind of interested in seeing what he did because, you know, I, I really like Jurassic World. So I'm kind of interested in seeing how he improves on that now that he's got a big movie under his belt. But then after kind of watching, you know, the movies multiple times, I'm like, I mean, he's not really that great, to be honest with you. The He didn't really make a great movie. This is not a good movie. It's just entertaining. Uh, the good news is Chris Pratt is in it, and he's highly likable in, in this role, very charismatic. But his character... Here's the issue that I have with characters like him. I hate... I absolutely hate... Perfect... 100% perfect characters. That they know everything that's going on. They can do anything and everything. They never get hurt. They're never put in a situation where you're concerned for their life. Or what they're going through. 
he himself is charismatic in the role, but his character I just I don't like a whole lot, mainly because of that he's so perfect. It's one of the issues that I have with Kong Skull Island. Tom Hiddleston's character is 100% perfect. He can do everything. He knows everything that's going on. He has an answer for everything. That is exactly what Chris Pratt's character is in this movie. He knows that the Indominus Rex tore out his little tracking transmitter. He knows to pour gasoline all over himself. He knows to do everything so perfect, and it's kind of... It's, it's aggravating because you want your characters to be flawed just a little bit so that you can relate to them. And that makes them more likable. And it brings you into the movie a little bit more. And I gotta say, I, just, I don't like his character overall. Is it the worst thing in this movie? No. But it's, it's a little aggravating and a little annoying to me in general. As far as the other characters, Bryce Dallas Howard's character, eh, I just I don't like her. I really don't. And it's not even necessarily the acting. Chris Pratt and her, they do they do some pretty good acting. Now there's some some scenes where it's not great, but is it the acting? I don't think so. I think it's the writing that really hurt them in those scenes. And I I'm I can't name them off the top of my head, but there are just a few scenes where they're talking and it's just like, Wow, you were not given much to to work with in this scene. And it happened a few times. But other than that, I mean, yeah, they're the best. There's some of the best parts of the movie are with them two in it, but that's not saying much because a majority of these characters are crap, and they're not enjoyable, and they're not likable. She is highly unlikable because she, I get it. That's that's what her character's supposed to be. She's supposed to be this this woman who this highly successful businesswoman who pays no attention to family. She's kind of lost track of how how long it's been since. She's seen her nephews, and then she puts her nephews in the care of an assistant. Like, she doesn't even care. She cares more about the business than she does family. She's all about the work and no play. Like, I get it. That's that's her character. I'm not disputing that. It's, it's just that she's just not likable in that role at all. It's like, I don't find any redeeming qualities in her, to be honest with you. And then speaking of terrible lines, I know the very end, when they're at the at the rescue spot, and then they're like, oh, and she, Bryce Howard's like, oh, what do we what do we do now? And and Chris Pratt is over there like, well, we should definitely stick together for protection. And I'm just like, guys, this is the dumbest line ever. This is the dumbest conversation ever. Like, you had all these ideas that you could have put there. So many things you could have done differently right then and there. And then that's what you go with. It was terrible. It really ruined the ending for me, was the delivery of those lines. And again, maybe it wasn't the acting. I think it's all dialogue. And really, a lot of this movie is just so poorly written. And it's a shame, to be honest with you, with how big of a movie this really is. As far as the plot, hey, I really enjoy that they created a new Indominus Rex, this new dinosaur. And that there's the plot behind that aspect of it, I really enjoy. The plot is not is not bad to be honest with you. It's it's quite comparable to Jurassic Park, you know, the first, the original. I think they did try to mimic it too much. And the thing with mimicking or copying stuff from the past is sometimes you adhere to it too much. 
yeah, you want to pay homage to the originals, to the source material, but you also need to tread new ground, especially in movies. You don't want to remake the second, the same one, and you don't want to be giving me the same style of plot as a previous movie. So they have the, the male and the female, and then the two kids in the original. Same thing is going on here. Like, I get it, but did we even really need the kids? I don't think so. I think they're just a plot device, and I, mean, I didn't really care for them anyways. The older brother is kind of a douche. I mean, that is what it is. The other kid, he's scared all the time. He was more likable, in my opinion, the, the younger brother, Ty Simpkins, you know, the one that was played in Iron Man. Uh, he was more likable than the older brother. And then, as far as the other characters, they were just throwaway characters. And another little character exchange that I just did not like was the the two people in the command center, the the guy that wore the Jurassic Park t-shirt, and then the other girl. Terrible acting on her part. Like, it was so overdramatic and so overacted in a lot of her scenes and really just throughout the entire movie. But her in particular, she overacted in so much, it just took me out of the movie. And then that whole exchange where he tries to go in for a kiss, and then she's like, hey, I have a boyfriend. Like, why is that even in the movie? Like, it's not funny. I don't see how it adds to the movie. It doesn't give me any levity. It doesn't break up the tension at all. It's just like, that was kind of just a dumb moment, and I could have done without it. And there's several moments of that in this entire movie that I'm just like, you could have just cut that out. Like, this movie could have been 15, probably about 10, 15 minutes shorter, and it would have probably been better with all the issues with the writing and the dialogue and the acting. Now, the other thing that I have an issue with is the, not the set design. Set design looks great. looks fantastic. I love the scenery with the, uh, you know, the shots in Hawaii and whatnot. And then that entire theme park, you know, the downtown, the boardwalk, all that is real. They created all that. I mean, that that boardwalk was fantastic looking. And being in person and seeing all that, it was fantastic as well. I mean, they even created merchandise to go into those stores. They even had, like, little pamphlets, like you would get at, like, Disney World to show you the map of the park. They gave us all of those they gave you so much to make this park feel real and look real. And I really got to say, I got to applaud them on that. Because if anything, that whole part of the movie looked so authentic and so real. And the just the, all the set design, all the scenery looked fantastic. As far as like character designs, like the costumes and whatnot, I absolutely hate the costumes. I think Chris Pratt's character... His, his costume looks looks pretty good. Uh, Claire's, I get it. She's this businesswoman. She's not supposed to be in... I mean, she's supposed to be in this business attire. And then they want her character to to kind of be roughed up a little bit and whatnot. Uh, I just... I don't like the outfit, to be honest with you. I get it. It kind of harkens back to the original movie, Dr. Hammond, because he wore all white. But I just... I don't like the costume. Don't like it at all. And the the costume of the I don't know the group, but the the security group, the military group on the actual theme park, I do not like it. It looks it looks so cheesy and so fake. All those uniforms, 
it's just it takes me out of the movie. I just I really don't care for those those costumes. And really, it's costumes throughout the entire movie that I'm just like, eh, this isn't very good. But but let's just let, let's be honest for a second. I am being super harsh on this movie. I should be biased with this movie, but I can't let it give a free pass for a bunch of things. And normally, if you've been listening to any of these reviews up to this point, I don't ever talk about scenery, set design, costume designs, and whatnot. So I am being super hard on this movie in particular. So I do I do know that, and I will mention that out loud. But I don't know. I, just, I don't care for the character designs, the, the costume designs, and whatnot. As far as other characters that I enjoyed, Chris Pratt, like I said, he he does a great job in that role, but I'm just not a big fan of that character. Uh, Vincent D'Onofrio's character, look, I'm a huge fan of Vincent D'Onofrio. That dude is fantastic. He goes all out for all of his roles. He is amazing in Kingpin. Granted, Kingpin happened after this movie, if I'm not mistaken, but that's besides the point. I think he's an incredible actor. And he does such a great job of being that quote unquote villain of the movie. And then he's trying to, you know, at the very end, he's trying to be sweet with the the Raptors to try to prevent them from killing him. And he just does such a great job with acting. He was the best actor out of all of them. He did the most with the least, in my opinion. Just just absolutely fantastic. Now, one last thing that I want to mention before I get into my overall rating and whether I recommend you watch this or not, I got to talk about the plot. It's kind of the big elephant in the room. It they, they put threads throughout the course of the movie and really this whole series as a whole about using dinosaurs as options in military, as units in the military. And you kind of see them working with that a little bit in this movie. They're kind of just experimenting with it. And at first, I was like, you know, that's kind of just a dumb idea. I just really do not like that aspect of the movie. But really, over the course of the few years that I've been watching this movie, I gotta say, that thread is kind of working on me a little bit. I'm kind of softening on it. And I actually don't mind it. Because I think when you watch the first three movies of this entire franchise, and then you go into this, I think the next logical step is to bring them into the military, bring the dinosaurs into the military, and not use them just as theme park options. Because why not? You got raptors out there. Why not use them for military actions? And so I completely agree with it. And I'll be interested in seeing how they f- like further that little plot thread in the third movie. Because they do do it a little bit more in the next movie. From what I remember, I haven't seen the second movie in a very long time. But I do know in the third one, uh, they're going to be exploring that that thread a little bit more. So in closing, overall, this is a dumb movie. It's not a good movie. It's got poor acting, poor dialogue, poor writing, whatever. Uh, the scenery, the set design is fantastic. The dinosaurs look fantastic for the most part, although I wish they were more animatronic rather than CGI because the great thing about the original was they went more animatronic than anything. And that movie still holds up today for that reason. But at the end of the day, this is still a highly entertaining movie. Despite all the issues with the movie. I think walking out of the theaters on day one, I probably gave this movie a four, four and a half. Because 
I was so enamored by how much I enjoyed that movie. But over time, my view of this movie and my love for the movie has waned uh, quite significantly, actually. And as of now, I give it three stars. I think it's a, I think it's a good movie. I, I really do. I think it's a good movie. It's not a good film. It's poorly written, poorly acted, and there's, like I said, I mean, I, I won't mention all the reasons again for like the fifth time. But yeah, uh, but it's it's highly entertaining though. I did not want to leave my seat. I did not want to go do anything else. I didn't want to pick my phone up and scan Facebook, Twitter, or whatever. I was, I'm into the movie. And that's really all you can ask for with the style of blockbuster movies. So three stars. Now, whether you should buy, rent, get it on sale, or skip it, I don't think this is a skippable movie. If you're a Jurassic Park fan, if you're a fan of those adventure-style movies kind of like this, then you should definitely watch this movie. Uh, As far as I know, it's not on any streaming sites. You have to go buy it. As far as how much I would pay for this movie, I would pay $10 for it. Now, when it first came out, I paid, was it 20 25 bucks for the Blu-ray at the time? And at the time, it was worth it. But now, over the course of several years, you know, obviously, y'all know my opinions about paying full price for movies that have been out for multiple years. I think this movie is worth $10 right now. Like I said, it's a highly enjoyable movie, and that's all you can ask for out of the style of popcorn flicks, as they call them. But there you have it. There's my review for Jurassic World. Next week, I'll be reviewing the second movie out of this little new Jurassic Park franchise, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Uh, It'd be interesting to go back to that movie after not having seen it a bunch. I think I've only seen it once, if we're being completely honest. So uh, I'm pretty excited to go back to that movie and, and review it. But I appreciate y'all joining me on this episode, this review. Uh, let me know what you think about Jurassic World. Does the movie live up to your expectations? Is it still good in 2021? How does it stack up against the other Jurassic Park movies? Does this movie, uh, is it does it live up to the hype, you know? Uh, is it still as good as you remember? Whatever. Email me, 2gamepodcast at gmail.com. That is the number two, 2gamepodcast at gmail.com. Well, I appreciate y'all, and I'll see y'all next time on another episode.